0: Hello, Church of the Cross, and welcome back to the Ninth Avenue Nine. Hope you're enjoying the thaw we have going on. Today is a gloomy day outside, but the ice is disappearing very quickly. Lenten greetings to you. I hope this season of Lent has been a time of reflection and deep joy as we contemplate our need for repentance and for our Savior, Jesus Christ. I have a few people who are interested in being on the podcast, and I have invited a few people from other churches in the deanery to join me as well. Don't be left out if you want your turn. Email me at joel at of the if you're interested in chatting with me. It was a pleasure to talk with Steve Kinnear about music. He and his wife Annie are longtime members at Cross. Annie is a children's leadership team volunteer, and Steve is a physician. It was great to hear about his picks, mostly because a lot of the artists I had heard of but are just outside my normal listening orbit. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this edition of the Ninth Avenue 9 featuring Steve Kinnear. Welcome back to the basement, everybody. It is a great pleasure to welcome my next guest to the podcast. One of the best things about this podcast is I get to talk to people that I might not know quite as well, or haven't really talked with about music before much. While I have been able to share church events and portable Anglicanism in the park with my guest today, I have not been able to talk to him much about music. His wife, Annie, told me how much he likes the podcast, so I started pursuing him having him on. So he he and Annie have two adorable kids, Zoe and Andrew, and it is my pleasure to welcome to the Ninth Avenue 9, Mr. Steve Kinnear. Hi, Steve. Hi. Well, thanks for having me. You're welcome. And... Tell everybody who's listening, like literally, where we are. We're in your basement. We're in my basement, <laughs> not yes. the church basement. We're in your I, basement. Yeah, so I. So this is the surprise of this episode: is you have to spend a year in my basement. Okay, no, no, very good. <laughs> no, no, it, that's <laughs> not it at all. Uh, we just this worked out best. We actually live pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve lives in um, Richfield. I live in South Minneapolis, so we actually live pretty close. So it worked out really well to just do it here in my home. So, um, welcome to our home. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, so, before we get into your picks, I wanted to just ask you a little bit about yourself. Uh, where'd you come from? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, sure thing. So, I grew up in
1: Minnesota. I actually grew up in Richfield, like a mile oh. from our current house. So, I take Zoe and Andrew to the same parks that I grew up going to and things like that. The Richfield That's special. Pool. Yeah, it is It is really cool. It's been really kind of a like fun thing to think of. Uh, you know, my parents doing exactly what I'm doing right now. And it's just kind of like yeah. surreal, but really, really cool. I did my grade away from Minnesota for... For undergrad
0: mm-hmm. and then for medical school, your great away, my great away. I is. don't think I've heard that term before. <laughs> I mean, hearing what you say, it makes sense as to what it means. But uh-huh. is that a Minnesota term? I don't or think so. Just in no, general, just a term. I don't know. Just I like that though. Okay, yeah, very good. <laughs> Minnesotans go away and then come back. Yes, what I've observed.
1: It's true. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, once
1: you yeah. arrive, I mean, as you know, once you arrive in Minnesota, it's kind of hard to leave permanently. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, at any rate, I went to um, undergrad in um, in Oklahoma. I went to Oral Roberts University. Sure. Um, came back here and got married to Annie. We were high school sweethearts and oh. dated long distance um, all through college. Got married right after college. Um, and then um, that's when we first came to Church of the Cross was, I think, in 2010. Um, okay. So Annie, um, Annie grew up Greek Orthodox. I grew up... Run-of-the-mill evangelical, not yes. denominational, of you know various flavors, um, and so to some degree that was kind of a stressor on our relationship. Was she has this very very traditional, mm-hmm. you know, uh, church background and things like that, whereas you know mine was almost the opposite, and so finding kind of a middle ground was a was a big challenge. You know, fortunately she she was friends with someone who um, went to Church of the Resurrection and okay. said, oh, it sounds like if only there was something like that in Minnesota where you guys are from. And yeah. then she said, actually, I think there's a church plant mm-hmm. that just happened or is happening soon. Mm-hmm. And so we visited Church of the Cross a couple times um, mm-hmm. over like various holiday breaks and things like that during college. And then um, we've been going for as long as we've been in Minnesota since getting married, we've been at church
0: of the cross essentially. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed, especially uh, you could speak into this and you could tell me if I'm totally wrong, which is fine because <laughs> I encourage dissension on the podcast, <laughs> but, uh, I would imagine that especially, and I, I've talked with Annie a little bit about, uh, her, her being Greek Orthodox, mm-hmm. just not only the faith, element and Mm -hmm. what you're used to, but also the strong sense of cultural heritage in the Mm -hmm. Greek Orthodox Church. It's not just about the liturgy and the incense, it's about, we're Greek, and this is part of our Greek identity. Is that a fair
1: assessment? That's totally true, yeah. So, I mean, she saw her uncles and cousins every week, you know, growing up. It's like the whole family went there. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, going back in time, you know, 50 or 100 years ago, it was sort of like, people were coming over from Greece moving to Minnesota and that was like your people, you know? So I think it's become less so that over time as the Greeks, they just, they've assimilated completely into different Cities and everything and made other connections, but it was sort of like your entire social circle as well, especially in the, the generations before Annie. So yeah, it absolutely is sort of a
0: connection to your Greekness and things like that. So, yeah. 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 I remember seeing, um, one of the funny moments, and many of my big uh, fat Greek wedding, uh-huh. what was it called? I can't my big fat Greek. I think but that's there, it, There is a, a really funny just visual where um, she she's Greek in the movie, and she marries a wasp, you know, white-eyed uh-huh. Anglo-Saxon Protestant, uh-huh. and he decides to convert so that they can... But when they finally get to the wedding, there's this funny visual where one side of the church is totally packed and the other side, there's like four people (laughs) completely different. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah,
1: one fine, one funny thing is, um, you know, I think one of the jokes is he gets baptized in a kiddie pool or something like that partway through the movie. I couldn't find my baptism certificate for the longest time. And the church was like, to get married at, at St. Mary's Greek Orthodox Church, you have to have, like, a certificate of baptism, and we have to kind of, like, approve it. Sure. I couldn't find it for the longest time, and I was like, I am I would love to get married in this church, but I'm not going to get baptized in a kiddie pool or, like, do a second <laughs> baptism sure. just to check this box. Yeah. So, anyways, we found it in, like, a box behind, like, in my laundry room, and my childhood laundry room or something, you know, a, a couple months beforehand, so sure. it all worked out. Well, I'm glad you yeah. did. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, this has been great. Uh, so good to have you on the show. Uh, I'll just go through the rules real quick again, as I always do, part of the liturgy, if you will. Um, so, you're in the church basement, clarifying, not my basement. In the church basement for <laughs> for a year, you've decided on nine albums that you're going to bring with you. I understand? Mm hmm. Okay, and then when we get to the end, uh, after we go through the albums, uh, you will be able to add a book to our library. I am going to read through the library today so that everybody who's listening can be reminded if you are you know, trying to decide what book you would want. Uh, and I am open to you adding a book that's already there if you just cannot think about you know, a different book. But there are a lot of books out there, so do your best. And then we'll talk about your luxury item. So without further ado... Mr. Steve Kinnear, what is your first album for the 9th Avenue Nine? Okay, so um, my first
1: album, it fits nicely into this about seven-year span of music, which is, I think, maybe every single album falls into this seven-year window where yeah. I was just very sort of discovering music and um, developing my tastes and all this sort of stuff. So um, the first album is called um, Elevator by Hot Hot Heat. Okay. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. Okay. So this album is their, really their only good album, and I think they've had two, three mm-hmm. albums, something like that. But essentially, they're sort, they're sort of punk, sort of, um, uh, you know, just a lot of like like peppy guitar. And um, it at the time, so it's like 2005 this comes out, I was sort of up branching out in my music taste from... You know, Christian music exclusively, like Stephen Curtis Chapman and mm-hmm. things like that, to just exploring what was out there, and yeah. this so- just sort of blew my mind. The album starts with this quiet little twenty-second track, where it's just sort of background murmurs, and mm-hmm. you know, someone sort of like like messing with a little uh, an instrument very quietly, and then it just the guitar on the next song just slams in, and uh-huh. uh, and it just like takes off from there. So it was just sort of like, whoa, music can be like this. It's also uh, you know, it's it's also very, like, clean and, you know, uh, things like that. So yeah. it just, this, um, I probably listen to this every three months or so. Okay. Like, I just will throw it on in my car. It's perfect mm-hmm. driving music and just, like. Lifts me up, which I feel like you need in the basement. You need yes. You need some songs
0: to. Not there is just, an elevator there. There is an elevator there. But <laughs> interestingly <laughs> enough, maybe you can just play the song, the elevator album, while you're in the elevator. There you go. <laughs> yep. yep. So um, hot, hot heat. W- w- where are they from? What's their what's yep. their story? I think I don't they're know from. I
1: think they're from. Uh, they're from Canada. Okay. Maybe BC or something like uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Um, and um, yeah, again, like this album was kind of a one hit wonder to to like if not that it was even that popular i don't think but it, i think it charted you know maybe in like top 40 or something like that um at the time probably a short lived stint there and then all their other albums are just not quite as great but this was just like a moment in time and like my music history where it was like oh my gosh this is so
0: yeah. perfect and it really it still rocks it still <laughs> just really holds up yeah okay so <laughs> um and as always, I'll put together a Spotify playlist. So, uh, if you have a couple of tracks, uh, you can either share them now, or you can just send me a list, and I can make sure to get your your your, your set list together. Okay. So,
1: Mi- "Middle of Nowhere" is just it's, that's the that's the song. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Middle of Nowhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. They're just so so good, and um, uh, yeah, I would say kind of emblematic of the whole album like the whole album kind of feels like that song in in
0: various degrees so is it popular enough that i could have maybe heard some of the music i would think so i mean that Uh, was actually
1: kind well actually i don't know if there's any one song that would have like stuck out you know what i or like like got radio play or that sort of thing um it's sort of like there's for me there's you know five six songs where i'm like oh yes these ones are just like the best but i don't know if there was like a hit per se,
0: off of the album, if that's yeah. kind of what you're asking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time in college, high school, listening to the radio, yep. and then I'd say probably when I started having children, so this was, Corey just turned 19 last mm-hmm. weekend, mm-hmm. Um, I think it kind of graduated totally away from radio to, you know, solid state stuff, you know, yeah. what, albums and CDs. <laughs> yep. and, I, and, you know, I've started to listen a little bit to some of those stations on, like, you know, spotify or amazon so you know mm-hmm. so but yeah it's like there's that interesting thing where you're kind of out the only exposure i've really had to pop music or rock or it is just at work at trader joe's where mm-hmm. you know there's satellite radio but usually that tends to be more popular stuff it's not right kind of down the middle and mainstream yep. exactly yeah so, okay well i'll look forward to, to hearing it Hot, hot heat. Yes. What's album number two?
1: Okay, album number two is "All Things Will Unwind" mm-hmm. um, by Shara um, uh, Warden is the artist. Um, the the Name of her band is My Brightest Diamond. Okay. So this is from um, uh, she. She at least at the time was on the Asthmatic Kitty label, Suzanne mm-hmm. Stevens label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's also going to be kind of a through line for okay. some of the, some of my picks here. Got it. Um, so she's like a classically trained opera singer okay. who turned. You know, she kind of like a lot of a lot of these albums just kind of like defy one easy category. But mm-hmm. she, you know, she. Um, Like, one song will be this beautiful, moody, like, melodic type of song. Um, My favorite song from the album is um, In the Beginning. Um, It's literally, like, a song about creation, like, Uh the creation event. And um, it just, like, so beautifully, like, captures that mood. And um, uh, I I don't know. It's just so incredible. But there's, there's a bunch of other songs on this album, too, that I love that are... You know, a little more poppy or a little more, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, bouncy or whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, and so, yeah, it just, I, I find this album fits a lot of different moods for me. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes when I'm feeling more, you know, thoughtful and introspective, sometimes when I'm feeling more, yeah, just upbeat or, you know, listen, feel like listening to something that, um I would have listened to in college. I think this came out in 2011, okay. um, so just after I finished college. But I was familiar with her songs from like an
0: Asthmatic Kitty sampler that I downloaded <laughs> for free. That's a good sentence, <laughs> Asthmatic Kitty sampler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, So could you tell me the album and the the, the artist again? I, I yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm actually kind of tabulating them as we go here. For sure. So it's called All Things Will Unwind
1: mm-hmm. by My Brightest Diamond. My Brightest
0: Diamond, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Cool. And um, So, it, it all um, it all similar in style to Sufjan Stevens? Um, that sort of kind of, I think people are here to say, well, like, Baroque pop or Baroque rock sure, kind of sure. deal, I know? think a
1: little bit. Um, you know, she has not a full orchestra, but... Like all of her, all of her music is orchestrated. She's got at yeah. least seven different instruments, you know, mm-hmm. like like cello and flute, and sure. you know, all these different things. And I think similarly to Sufjan, it's not like it doesn't sound like um, you're listening to Mozart. You know, mm-hmm. it's sort of like these instruments are used in kind of a more contemporary and and like various ways, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Of course. So I yeah. think I think in that way, I think there's. Uh, like like sonically they sound pretty different but i think that sort of like the way they use instruments is is somewhat similar mm-hmm. um so uh, yeah i'd say there's that overlap there for sure
0: mm-hmm.
1: a couple of tracks on there that you uh... um yeah so in the beginning oh yeah you mentioned that yep, um and everything is in line is another favorite of mine
0: Everything is in line. Mm-hmm. Well, I look forward to hearing it. I do. Uh, it sounds really interesting. Especially, I mean, Genesis is a huge passion of mine, so mm-hmm. it'd be fun to hear that. Um, she, she she genuinely, I've said this to Annie before, she
1: has the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. She's mm-hmm. just... just and what's her name? Shara Worden. Oh, yeah. You did mention yep, that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. She goes by Shara Nova now. I think she's, like, musically, she's kind of evolved quite a bit, and I think... She's sort of like Sufjan two where she's now incorporating like components of techno or you know electronic type of music or all these other influences with her current music. But but rewind ten or eleven years ago, it's um is like the sound that I love best from her, and
0: and I think this album is the the best representation of that. Oh, cool. Well, I'll look forward to hearing that. So far, I've got two that. Uh, the second one, I know a little bit about the, the production company, but yeah, it'll be fun to hear. What's the number three? Okay, so you, I'm sure you know this. So it's
1: Greetings from Michigan by Sufjan. Sufjan uh, Stevens. Do yeah, you have know that see, down here? Do I have
0: this on the, the shelf? <laughs> I know I have a few Sufjan Stevens albums. Uh-huh. I do. Here it is. Look at that. There you go. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful, I knew beautiful. I had either that. And I, have, I have the Illinois album, and then I have... The one about his parents, I think.
1: Yeah, like, uh, Carrie and Lowell. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. That's and then I see the, the the first five Christmas albums up on your CD shelf over there. I yeah. That. <laughs>
0: yeah, that was a that was an album that was a, a a gift from my wife for Christmas one year, and it is one that I still listen to every year. I listen to at least you know. There's at least one from each CD. Yeah, that you, yeah, that totally. You will like, Yo, yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah, when I did um, the uh, the trivia night for Christmas, one of the uh, sound round. Uh, uh-huh cuts I had was, uh, one of those it was once in Royal David city, my, uh, genuinely my favorite from yeah. the first five. Genuinely my favorite. Yeah. And I haven't yep. listened to it in a while. I haven't dusted those off in a while. I was, I, so I should, again, tell tell me about why you love this album so much. Yeah. So I think it's a few things. I, I discovered it during
1: college. Um, so it's just that, that moment in time where it's like, yeah, my, my music tastes were really forming. Um, again, it's sort of the way he uses different instruments is just like nothing I had ever heard in my whole life. And, um, uh, also it's got this connection to Michigan, which is where Annie went to college. She went to Calvin college in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm -hmm. So there's sort of like, um, like a lot of the places that he either name drops or are like the, the names of the tracks of the albums are places that I visited on, you know, Mm -hmm. when when I would go on spring break Annie's best friend and, and, um, uh, uh, one of her bridesmaids was from Holland, Michigan, which is one yeah. of the, you know, it's name dropped on the album. Um, I went to Asable Institute, which is like an environmental, um, an environmental stewardship and like ecology, almost summer camp to some degree, but you get college credit and mm-hmm. things like that. So like I was testing the pH on Pickerel Lake and like all <laughs> these things that are, uh, you know, again, just just like a part of, part of, um. You can tell Sufjan's love of Michigan in that album. Mm-hmm. It's like all these are just like places that he loves and cares deeply about. So, yeah, I think I think it was just that that moment in time, college, sort of a connection to Annie, and it's just it still holds up so completely. And
0: um, yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to it again. It's been a while. It's been yeah. a while. I'm, I, I think the one I listened to the most was the. I feel like I listened a lot to Carrie a Lowell when that came out. Yeah, Which is a sure. real peppy album. Right.
1: <laughs> really, <Brilliant>, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's one of the most depressing. I mean, it's fantastic. And uh-huh. that's one of the reasons, I mean, one of the great things about music is just the, the range of human emotion. But that one is just like, it's actually kind of a tough listen in some ways, but it's mm-hmm. amazing. So mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And yeah, I mean, like any of
1: Sufjan's albums, like there are some where it's like, this is you can't even listen to this song. It's so like musically jarring and sure. strange and things like that. Yeah. You know, uh, but there's so many great songs that I just really connect with. That that this was the album that, of, of all of his albums that mm-hmm. I felt had to be on the list.
0: And do you have a, a couple favorite uh, uh, entries, or you were let me see? Be-
1: I'll have to think about that. Yeah, um, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. But Oh God, season. Where Are You Now? That's a great one. Mm-hmm. Oh God, Where Are You Now? And I think um, uh, there was a cover of that from... Um, gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, I'll, I'll think of it later. I'll sure. think of it later. But anyways, okay. yeah, that's a great one. I'll, I'll try and send you a few other
0: picks from this one because there's just some really great ones on there. It seems to me like he um, he's ended up being somebody who's just had a lot of influence, mm-hmm. even though he's not, you know, maybe pop. I mean, he's popular, obviously, if you ask mm. any struggling working class musician. He's right. enormously popular, but right, right. he still, it feels like he's just, he has a, a tremendous amount of influence more than yeah, the sort of popularity. Yep. One thing that I, I don't know if you've ever done this, Steve, but uh, one thing that I really do love on his Christmas album mm-hmm. is his liner notes. Have you ever read the liner mm-hmm. notes? No, no. I'll light on me it's really good because he goes through this whole i mean i think all people i mean i'll speak for americans since you and i grew up here yeah yeah uh half especially people of faith christians have to think through what they think of christmas mm-hmm. uh, what they because of the the sort of uh so, so american uh sort of sacramental holiday it is of consumerism right uh-huh, uh-huh. uh it, there's this really really interesting reflections he gives about his relationship to christmas and mm-hmm. why he ends up doing these albums uh uh-huh. and it's really good yeah. so i'll, I'll, have I'll to let you i'll let you borrow it so yeah, you can read it i it absolutely really have great. to check that
1: out yeah and i think the the one other thing that comes to mind for me is like i cannot believe how prolific he is uh uh-huh. and how many various styles he's had and yeah. he just always crushes it you know it's just it's I, I just I just can't even believe it and also I think his his relationship to visual art is so interesting mm-hmm. um and yeah I mean it's, just it's his like,
0: album covers are all fairly interesting yeah I mean he does some interesting stuff with all of them so. yep yep so yeah I'll, I'll leave it at that I could talk for hours about Sufjan but, you know. <laughs> well maybe we could do a new podcast called talking for hours about Sufjan <laughs> there you go all right well we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with Steve's next three picks We are back, and I'm, again, in my basement with uh, my friend Steve Kinnear here. And, um, Steve, before we go on to your next few picks, you kind of made reference to this in the, uh, the intro, I think, but is there a time of your life that these that is a, I told, I think, a story on one of the last podcasts I did, maybe with Pastor Christian. I've done a couple with him, of course, mm-hmm. where I was talking about how I have an uncle who told me once that... Uh, Bernie Taupin and Elton John are the greatest songwriters ever and uh-huh. I asked oh yeah yeah so when did the when he was in high school you know yeah. oh so it's gosh. like that that era <laughs> you know and I don't not as I said at the time they are amazing songwriters so it's mm-hmm. not an argument that whether or not you know you know uh, goodbye Yellow brick Road is a great song but uh-huh. so did you find yourself gravitating toward a particular time of your life with your album picks? yeah
1: yeah completely so it it is. Late high school through college and then maybe a couple years afterwards. So when I was like newly married before Mm -hmm. I went to medical school, that was just like my prime time for music. I was super interested and just kind of exploring and uh, all that sort of stuff. So yes, everything is from, I, I wrote the, the years on here and I think it's 2004 is the earliest and 2011 is the latest album. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's like, these are the greatest artists of my generation. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. You know, just, they were just so formative for me and it's what, It's what I look for sonically in music now, is Mm -hmm. things that sound like this. and uh, yes, so absolutely, I, I remember Christian mentioning that uh, something about like you know this. There's like a time in your life where music is just this huge thing, and, uh-huh. and that's where all of these come from.
0: There's no theme here other than <laughs> other than that. <laughs> yeah, you know? sure. And the other thing that happens, I think, is that now that my youngest is fourteen, mm-hmm. so I think that over the last five to ten years, like I discovered the Abbott Brothers about. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So at that point, my youngest was four or five. Mm-hmm. And I think what ends up happening is you, you have this time of discovery and then you have young children mm-hmm. and you really don't have much time to discover new anything. No. No. There were 10 years where I didn't listen to classical music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then my daughter became a classical violinist. So I listened, started listening to classical music a lot again. So <laughs> yep, it's kind of, I think the pattern of life
1: mm-hmm.
0: for sure. For sure. And yeah, I, I'm looking forward
1: to a future time where I can, like, dive back into music. Yeah. But mostly now it's like, oh, oh yeah, you know, uh, Sufjan has a new album. I know him, so I'll listen to that. Mm-hmm. And not, you know, I'm aware of what music is out there in the world or what, it, what the popular things are. It just, it's passing me by, which yep. I'm okay with at this point. And then you'll get to a
0: point where your kids start introducing you uh-huh. to music. That's what's happening <laughs> to me right now. You can see I have Hamilton on my shelf. That was a gift from my children for christmas you know and my kids like uh billy eilish and Uh so there's these artists that i wouldn't know about if it weren't for them so it ends up coming full circle very good What's your number four pick, Steve? Uh, number four is called The
1: Arch Android, or Arch Android. I actually haven't heard it said out loud, but it's by Janelle Monet. So she is. Sure, yeah, you, she, she's an actress, right? Now she is, yep, yep.
0: So she started out. She was out, in, um, what was the movie about um, NASA?
1: Yep, uh, hidden figures. Hidden I figures, think. yes. Yep. Thank you. And That's now it. she's she's been in like a science fiction anthology on on Amazon Prime or something mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. so yes, she's she's verging more into acting. Um, but yeah, she started as a musician. I think she's I think she's from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of cross pollinated with um, like she has one of the members of Outcast on one of her albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she was working with Prince pretty closely mm-hmm. right before he passed away. Actually, yeah. um, I think her 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 subsequent album from this one um, heavily heavily influenced by Prince, and uh-huh. you know I think there's t- to some degree like you hear the the arch ar- arch android. Um, like android, androgynous. There's, she's kind of an interesting person in that way too, where she's. Yeah, I've heard about uh, that. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that sort of influences her her music to some degree, and I think she was kind of exploring all of that. Mm-hmm. The 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 you know the all of, all of that stuff aside. Um, essentially, this is a space
0: opera like a funk okay. space opera. Okay. <laughs> you may have heard. I've been working on those one of those myself. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to introduce it in my sermon on Sunday. Okay, yeah. very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: True. Yeah, so truly it's it's um this is all like um this is like suites 2 and 3 of her space opera uh-huh. um and it's sort of the story of like uh, I think it's something about an, like an android falling in love with a human, or yeah. something like that. You know, forbidden love. You know, all, yeah. like those kinds of like classic story type mm-hmm. of things. Um, but it also her music just bops. You know, oh. it's just like so fun and um, also very varied. Um, like Tightrope is probably her most famous. Song. Mm-hmm. If you listen to The Current in 2010, uh, the summer of 2010, you heard it all the time. That's okay. the one that Big Boy from OutKast features on. Okay. Um, and that's really just like a, you know, fun summertime, mm-hmm. like, you know, dance kind of song. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then, um, let's see, Cold War, Neon Valley Street. Neon Valley Street is the one that just like pulls at my heart. Uh, mm mm-hmm. At one point, she literally says, "May this song reach your heart," um, and it's just so beautiful. It's got this beautiful strings uh, in that song and everything, and um, yeah, it's just so, <laughs> so
0: fun and so good. I just love it. It's great. Yeah, I, I you know what's funny? It shows you what an ignoramus I am. I don't think I had remembered that she was a. A musical artist, and interestingly mm-hmm. enough, I just popped it up, and I think I have seen this album cover. Mm-hmm. Now that I think of it, yep, I'm yep. just looking at it here on my computer. So the the songs, uh, this there's a sweets, but also some songs. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like is this are the sweets uh, instrumentals? Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. Yep. Um, yeah. There's a lot of um,
1: just, or maybe not a lot, but there's a few just instrumental, uh, you know, type of songs that are sort of interludes, and you know the the songs. It doesn't create, like, a perfect narrative type of thing. It is a little, you know, kind of abstract, how they tie together and things mm-hmm. like that. But really, mostly it's just about the music. Like, the music is kind of the feature uh, mm-hmm.
0: and, and the, uh, the fun of it. So Okay. Yeah, I'm just looking at the... Uh, the, the So the suites two and three are kind of like the different bigger versions of... Bigger, you know, movements of the album, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll yep. we'll yep. look forward to hearing it. Yep. What's number five? Number five is "Helplessness Blues" by Fleet Foxes. Okay. Um, I think Fleet Foxes have made one other appearance on the podcast. Okay. Hel- what was it? Help.
1: Helplessness Blues. This was 2011. Um, I, I listened to their first self-titled album and just loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Fleet Foxes—they fall into kind of like the bony bear type of you know, like yes. connection with nature, very calm type of music they definitely have some more upbeat tracks too but um, I think they just capture what it feels like to be alone to be outside um, just like these various emotional states too and um, just so peaceful Uh, Annie uh, Annie my wife uh, generally we have fairly different music tastes or like mm-hmm. I, I'm listening to something and she's like this is weird <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, and which is fine I'm, I'm sort of like you know it's all good that's, that's okay but when I find something that she says this is really nice yeah, that yeah, really okay. kind of sticks out to me and this yeah. is one of those yeah. it was just like the CD was in my CD player when she drove my car one day mm-hmm. and she was like what was that I liked that mm-hmm. so uh, that's another reason why I think this one in particular, I just I just like this album a lot. It's nice to share things
0: with people like yeah, that. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the cuts on that one? Uh, oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I didn't write any down. On didn't this write any slide. down. That's yeah, fine. We'll yeah. talk about it later. But to be perfectly
1: honest, the second half of this list Um, was compiled uh, more quickly than the first half. So I have all these details in the first half, and the second half is just, I love this
0: album, here's what it feels like and sounds like. (laughs) I'm looking at Fleet Foxes from Seattle, Washington, Mm -hmm. so Pacific Northwest band. Mm -hmm. There's definitely an interesting um, ethos to the Pacific Northwest. I mean, the the Decemberists are a band from up there Mm -hmm. that, that has come up on the podcast. Of course, you've got... What I grew up with was the grunge, in the in the early '90s, uh-huh. with Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Got a few of those albums on my shelf as well. So, well, good. I'll look forward to, to hearing some of that. I've heard of Fleet Foxes definitely, mm-hmm. and I think I'm wrong. I don't think they've actually come up on the podcast for some reason. I thought that they had, but I guess that's not the case. Okay, okay. What what's the number? I think we're number six now, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, yep. So this album is from Spoon. Sure. Familiar with Spoon? Yep, I am. yep. Yeah. Very good. Um, so yeah, it's. Um, it's five Gahs. It's gah 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 ga. <laughs> which is go. a strange album title. Um, you and know, you I, got, and you started listening to
0: this when you had children.
1: No, no, I know. Yeah, I know. exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, so I I first heard Spoon. Um, they did a lot of the soundtrack for Stranger Than Fiction.
0: Oh, I um, love that movie. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, a great movie. Yeah, and, and one that sort
1: of flew under the radar a bit. Oh, completely. It didn't. Like I saw it in the dollar theater with my college friends. Yeah. And, my best, one of my best friends, like, album me. He's like, This is Spoon. I just heard about them. Oh, okay. And then I, that just sort of launched me into their, their discography and everything. So, but yeah, uh, Will Farrell, Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, I can't remember the. Dustin
0: Hoffman, uh-huh. um, Emma Thompson. Yeah, yep, yep. That's I mean, whose name I was like, an Amazing. For. And then um, at the time, he wasn't, I think Tony Hale, who I don't, he's oh. in, he's in Veep. He ended up being really, really popular because of Veep. Yep. I think at that point he was. A, it was a little bit more of a small role. Mm-hmm. We showed that movie because our kids are old enough. We showed that movie to our kids mm-hmm. a year or so ago, and they were blown away by it. They thought it yeah. was fantastic, and yeah. it is a really good movie. I mean, it's got an interesting premise. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I won't go into it because it, you can't really talk much about the premise without spoiling right. the whole movie. Right. But if you haven't seen the film, those of you listening, uh, it's pretty clean. Uh, it's got a, yeah. it's got you know, it's definitely it's a PG thirteen, but it is it is if you if you're interested in asking me about it, it is a great movie. But yeah. going back to the music, <laughs> the, now there is a really great uh, sort of climactic scene in the movie uh, where Wolf Ferrell is playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. Is that a Spoon Song? Uh, Do you know? Let's see, because it's like
1: when I was a young. Yeah, boy, yeah, yeah. Da, da. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but, I think that's an older song. Than, yeah, I, I believe so. But they. Um, Oh gosh, I'm gonna have to pull up my phone and just Google some of the songs. But yeah, like like most of Spoon's um, most computer. famous or computer. popular songs were on that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, yeah, so so this album I think was a f- maybe a year or two after that movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe the first album that I heard that was kind of fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, it's just um, it, it, it it I guess they're pretty. What would you say, like, like, kind
0: of guitar heavy a little bit? Um, um, well, it says definitely from Austin. Mm-hmm. So, yep. they, do they have a little bit of that alt country flavor to them at all? Or I would not?
1: say so. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely, definitely, alternative for sure. Um,
0: here's the here's the here's the uh, the track listing for the album.
1: Yeah, very good. So, I would say um, the underdog and finer feelings are my top two picks from this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, again, they, they its hard to exactly label them or put them in, into a, uh, <laughs> into an exact genre. So it's listing here indie rock, mm-hmm. post-punk revival, art rock, and indie pop as sure. their. Sort of which that. I think that I think that kind of summarizes them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're just nice. They also are one of those those bands that I just get in a certain mood and feel like thinking about old times. And this just scratches that itch for me. Cool. Take me right back to college to those early days. Just so fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. I mean, I think pretty much all of these musicians that you have mentioned to me, I have heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just not, you know, um, do you listen? You it listen, sounds like you listen to The Current. These are all mm-hmm. bands that I've Heard them banding about it on the current. Yep, definitely.
1: yep. Spoon's newest album was on uh was the album of the week like three weeks ago or uh-huh. something. Um, okay. So you probably heard a bunch of their song or a couple
0: of their songs from their new album on there. Um Yeah, actually, I've been listening to the Beach Boys a lot in my in my car on yeah, CD. Sure so thing, I haven't sure been thing. listening as much <laughs> to the current. I'll probably listen to them pretty soon. They always do a list at Memorial Day mm-hmm, where they yep. do like I think last year they did debut albums, the best debut albums. So mm-hmm. we'll see what they end up with this year. Yeah, they keep coming up with new things to do so it's i know fun. i know they keep fine yeah keeping ways to keep it interesting and everything yeah. my guess is they'll probably just have to do another essential albums list to see to shuffle the deck again sure but sure. we all know that it'll just be purple rain at the beginning anyway. prince prince all right that's not, that's six albums we will take a quick break and be right back And we are back, having a great discussion with Steve Kinnear here about uh, about records, about albums, um, and just talking through a lot of the the ethos that both of us grew up with. I grew up in the '90s, so a lot of Seattle grunge um, that was kind of. The, and now we're talking a lot about the sort of indie rock uh-huh. sort of sort of ethos of what you're so I'm looking at the 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 bands that you have and they all seem to fall in sort of in that 100%. So as you were making your list what did you think of in terms of yeah you know, there had to have been some albums that didn't make the cut. Yeah, yep. So this uh, was what was your process in terms of narrowing it down? Yeah, so um
1: it essentially I wanted a little bit of variety for yeah, a year in the basement, you can't have just one type of music or one mood, type of thing. Yeah. So overall my music tastes are relatively eclectic even though the theme is yeah, like mm-hmm. indie from the early to they're like the the early aughts kind of uh-huh. kind of time yep. frame. Um so I guess ultimately it was like what what albums could I just like almost not live without or uh, yeah, it would help me just navigate a full year in the basement and things like that. I um, I have about 25 albums on here. Mm-hmm. This was really hard. <laughs> this was really hard. I got it down to 10, um, and then I had to make one final cut. So yes, this was yeah. this was hard, um, but I found this, the albums that were from the 2010s or uh-huh. from the 90s, those ones were the ones that just didn't feel like essential, essential for me. Sure. Um, and I'm sure it's just that emotional connection and sort of the formation of my music tastes is kind of why these ones really struck out or stuck out.
0: Yep. Yeah. Totally. The ones that stick in your soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, what ends up being is just like those emotional points in my life that mm-hmm. you know sort of stick out. So I had like one or two that were from when I was engaged and mm-hmm. a couple that were from more formative times and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Yep. All right. What's number seven? Uh,
1: number seven is an album from the Gorillaz with a Z. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of people have probably heard the songs "Dare" or "Feel Good Inc." This this album is um, their Plastic Beach album, mm-hmm. which is from 2010. Um, they, if people aren't familiar with them, they're um, essentially it's like a virtual band that has it's. Um, they, the, the band members each have a corresponding cartoon character.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, and so they're, they're sort of like, that's what we do in uh, Church of the Cross staff, by the way. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. We each have our own uh, sort of a, an avatar. Yeah. Yeah, very we good. don't just so we're all clear, but I thought yep. that'd be funny to say it. That would be funny. Yes. yes. I'd like to <laughs> yeah. see the drawings for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. But essentially they are sort of, uh,
1: it's so Damon Alburn is the, the lead singer. He was um, the singer for Blur uh-huh. uh, uh, quite a while before that, and then he's had done some self uh, self uh, uh, solo solo projects mm-hmm. since as well that are just a different flavor. But this, uh, the Gorillas are uh, sort of a cartoon characters um, that are a British rock mm-hmm. slash punk band kind of mm-hmm. thing, and mm-hmm. um, so you know the music sometimes is as silly as their avatars. Uh-huh. Uh, Which is probably part of why I like them so much. Um, uh, So yeah, this was also playing in um, summer of 2010. Summer of 2010, which was the summer that I got married. Okay. So as I was driving around, um, you know, in the months before getting married to Annie... Uh, this song would come on the radio on The Current again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And uh, it was just like the soundtrack of my summer and this just like, Mm -hmm. I just graduated, I'm getting married, just kind of like this exultative, like joyful time of my life. Um, And they just so perfectly fit into that, the silliness, the uh yeah just like no nothing is held back kind of uh, uh with with their music so you said on melancholy hill right was that one of the ones you said no but that's one of um that's one of the songs i would put on the list yeah. for yeah. sure um up on uh, either on, on melancholy hill or up on melancholy hill um rhinestone eyes is yeah. a great song to I think that was playing on the on the radio, um, and then Stylo, mm-hmm. uh, S T Y L O, was also playing on the radio. That's another just kind of emblematic um, type of song that that I just really enjoy from that album.
0: A virtual band that's mm-hmm. that was the first thing I, I saw here on the uh, wikipedia site you described them well because it says is the third plastic beach is the third album by british virtual band gor- gorillas <laughs> yep yeah. and i've heard of gorillas uh-huh. uh, i don't know anything about them though so mm-hmm. kind of fun okay what good. else can you tell me i mean it sounds that sounds pretty great i was actually yeah uh, i i actually was just listening to an album yesterday that was on my list that was when I was engaged. It mm-hmm. was a Tom Waits' album, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, yesterday I was thinking, "Wow, there's a lot of lot more weaker spots on this album than I remember." Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, it's kind it's of bigger. interesting to listen again to it yesterday because it's a really long album, and there's some amazing songs in it. But there was there was a few things I was like, "Oh wow, this I didn't remember this song." Yeah,
1: so you're that, that's interesting that you say that because. Um, I think maybe the early gorilla's albums were a little bit shorter, but from here on out, they have 15 to 25 songs on each album <laughs> and they, they have all these different features. Like they have all these different artists come on, especially these days in their, their more recent albums, but there are so many, yeah, so many songs where it's like, this is a really weak song or just like really <laughs> kind of strange or not, not that great. Um, so it's, yeah, definitely like a highs and lows mm-hmm. kind of album too. Um, uh, but, yeah, most of them have
0: sentimental value, so I still listen and enjoy kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah that was one of the things about the last show I did was with Molly Ruck, and mm-hmm. she just did songs. And I think that there is sometimes the the, the interplay between album and song is interesting, and yeah. in that I think that what I ended up realizing yesterday listening to this way it is a great album overall. Even some of the songs, I would say maybe. But I think what I really remember is about four or five mm-hmm. amazing songs from that album. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of it's sort of, you know, but there are some albums that pull to pole are great. Yep. But yep. Um, yeah, it just it, it ends up being, oh, maybe it was a little bit more about these few songs. than about <laughs> yeah. the uh, Yeah. I will say my next two
1: albums are w- the ones that are like from front to back. This is just such a great album that okay. and like would kind well. of endorse almost any song from either of them. Well, what's number eight? Number eight. Um, this is one that Andrea Pope mentioned. Oh, so
0: this is the second time it's been mentioned. Yes. Uh, welcome to the welcome wagon. Sure. Welcome yes. wagon. Have you listened to them yet? I have. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I did end up listening to them some after cause I did put together, um, Oh, the Spotify list. Yeah. So thing. I did yep. end up listening to it. Yeah. Yep. It was fun.
1: Yeah. Very good. Very good. So yeah, I brought the album art and everything. Um, it's almost like a, <laughs> like 50s Baptist yes. art or yes. something right.
0: like that. We should get uh, a, you know, what we should do is I'll get a, I'll give it, I'll get a picture of it and we'll put it up with the podcast. So yes, people for can sure. See it. But yeah, Absolutely. you have to,
1: you have to leave through that. You know, I think they, like it's, this is a, it's definitely tongue in cheek yeah. sort of the, you know, the appearance and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, um, husband wife team, uh, uh, the, uh, vito is the is a pastor mm-hmm. um and there's a supion stevens stevens song called vito's ordination which i believe refers to him <laughs> yes because uh, he helped produce this album and everything mm-hmm. but you know there's there's um really these are um like there's some worship songs mm-hmm. all of it is definitely you know it's it's christian music yeah i can <laughs> prefer say but it is so beautiful and soulful um uh, you know, their vo- I just love their voices, their, the way they use instrumentation and everything. It's just so beautiful. And I just, like, I'm almost tearing up just, like, mm-hmm. thinking about some of their music. It's just so incredible. So incredible. Yeah. Um, I think just the picture of, like, these specific moments in Jesus' life and just, like, the tenderness and emotion that he went through in specific moments is just... It just really hits me almost every time. So, um, yeah, I really would recommend... This is like a universal pick. Like, Uh anybody should listen to this. Not all of my albums would everybody appreciate or enjoy, but this album, I would say almost universally, everyone could find something on this album that is for them.
0: Yeah, it's funny, too. I don't think I had remembered that this... Also, an asthmatic kitty record. Yep, yep, the third uh, one on yes. my list. Yep. Um, and it actually, I remember at the time when I listened to the cuts, I'm like, "Yeah, this sounds like uh, Sushan Stevens. <laughs> yep. It sounds like they were hanging out with Sushan Stevens." Well, there's a right, picture of right, him
1: in the middle of the insert, yeah. uh, like uh, maybe halfway through there. There's a picture of him wearing a Michigan hat, a baseball cap. That there one he is there. He is. Yep, yeah, yep. There it is. Uh, just very saying, young there. Very young. Yep. Yeah, yep. So I think this is two. This is 2008, but I think they were you know, they were, they were together. They, as you can, like, uh, when you listen, if you listen, son- like, sonically and musically, they're very
0: similar and there's a lot of overlap between them and Sufjan. Oh, yeah. But maybe a little less jangly and And a just rhythm, less, kind yeah. of the same, you know, overall. So, uh, you mentioned, I, I was actually just looking up while you were talking uh, mm-hmm. the Spotify playlist that the Popes did. Their songs were American Legion and Up on a Mountain. Okay, yeah. Uh, what yeah. are your, what are your faves?
1: Yeah, so... Up on a mountain for sure. Um, hail to the Lord's anointed. Mm-hmm. That is. We sang that one at church. Yeah, that just like their the way they put it together, and um, her voice is just so 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 beautiful, and um, and just they just have this like tenderness about them, mm-hmm. and the, the like, like like the way they describe these moments in Jesus's life and things. Um, yeah, just so great, so great. So I would say. Um, those are probably um, my my biggest picks from this album.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, yeah. That's a that's good and it's fun. I'll put a couple of snapshots up of the. Uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah. The, uh, the design here. <laughs> yep. Totally. Okay. Well, we have gone through eight albums. We have now arrived at the final one. Okay. It is number nine. Very good. So yeah, number nine is Hopes and Fears by Keen. Oh sure, um, yeah. I think so that correct? might have come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. A has made two print appearances on the show. Was it this album? Um, because because this is yes, definitely their it was. Most famous. I think that was Chris Scanlon. So this goes back mm-hmm. a ways. Yep, yep. Um, I feel like also that that. Um, there might have been a greatest hits that that um, that somebody might have brought up. Oh, sure, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell, it, it is this this is the one uh, with something someplace only we know, mm-hmm. and yeah, just a beautiful song. Yep, yep, absolutely. So that's the one everybody knows. Absolutely, something <laughs> only we know is the one that all of us everybody knows. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, so 2004,
1: middle of high school, or yeah, yeah. T- tail end of high school. This is when I was like falling in love with Annie. And- <laughs> oh gosh! You're gonna bring it's, the house down here, Steve. This is such. i a- get the box of tissues.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just
1: so perfect. Yeah, I think it totally is. they were a young band. Like if you look yeah. at the, the pictures of them from this era, they're so young. They're just mm-hmm. babies, you yeah. know. And so all of their songs, you know, hopes and fears. It, it. I think that's just such a perfect album title too, because almost every every song is either like like, sort of optimistic, looking to the future. I'm mm-hmm. I'm growing, I'm experiencing life, or sort of, what am I worried about as mm-hmm. I'm going through life and things like that. One of the songs that I really like um, is called Everybody's Changing. This is kind of playing into the, uh, you know, more of the fears type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, just that idea of, like, growing apart or being afraid of things changing or things, you know, as I'm reaching... That one got, was a hit. I remember yeah. that one. Yep, yep. I, I don't think I had thought of it, but... Um, yeah, I know. I remember that one. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I'm, you know, reaching the end of high school. It's, it was just such a, such a moment for me, you Mm -hmm. know, like, (laughs) yeah. Young love, uh, afraid of things changing. Maybe even afraid of, you know, I was, I, I knew I started dating Annie in uh, senior year of high school. I knew odds were when we go to different colleges, things will just fall apart, you know? So it's, there was just like all this emotional like connection to this album too. Mm -hmm. And, um, I I listened to it yesterday. I was just like, this is still just a perfect front-to-back album. Just like everything they sing about and talk about, like I've experienced. Or maybe there's a few now that I didn't really understand at the time. And now I'm like, oh, gosh, I get this. You Mm -hmm. know, this is is what I'm currently feeling and going through. So um, Mm -hmm. this is just such an easy, accessible album, too. It's, um, yeah, a couple... Uh, like like lots of radio play type of songs, and then there's a lot of other songs that are very, like digestible and easy to uh, to get into. Um, so sure. yeah, like like an open and uh, easy, to, very accessible type of album. Yeah.
0: yeah. So everybody's changing somewhere only we know is. I'll put, But is there a, a, another one that sort of rises to the top for you? And this is the last
1: time. This is the last time. Is um the other one? Although I could list uh, at
0: least just three the other whole ones. album. Yeah. 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 Totally. I get you. Yeah, I have, um, um, I'll go into more of this when we're off mic as well, but because I don't want it to get too long. But that was a, I, I mentioned this to Chris when I was interviewing him about it, but that was, Disney used that one of their songs as for the trailer for the Winnie the Pooh movie that they made really? about 10 or 15 years ago. And so for you, you're talking, this is the power of music to me, because mm-hmm. you're talking about like that this was when you were falling in love with Annie. I can't hear this song without thinking about my little kids. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. even though they you know, they used this song in a marketing strategy, it really did evoke, if you listen to the lyrics uh, of Somewhere Only We Know and see the characters in A.A. Mm-hmm. Milne's book of Winnie the Pooh, it really was evocative. Mm-hmm. They obviously had a marketing genius to think <laughs> through what song should we use, but it was really, really effective. Mm-hmm. And I'll, st- I'll, I'll never... I'll never not hear that song and not think of when my kids were little. It's yeah. just part of the deal.
1: Yep. Part and I, I think I,
0: I love that, too, that,
1: like, you can have such a different emotional connection or such, mm-hmm. be in such a different moment in your life or stage, and it's still just, like, incredibly meaningful and just brings you
0: right back. Mm-hmm. As you say, that's the power of music, you know? Have you seen... Um, West Side Story, the newer version of it? Not that? yet. Have no, you ever no. seen the original mm-hmm. movie? Mm-hmm. There was a, a a decision they made in that movie to speak to exactly what you're saying mm-hmm. that was brilliant. In terms of, they had. there's a, a very famous song somewhere, somehow. Huh. It's one of the, the more famous songs, well, all of the songs that are famous. But who they decided to have sing it in this version mm. was different than the older movie. And what they decided to do was, as soon as this character started singing it, It just was amazing and it showed even a artistic difference that Steven Spielberg and the people who made this newer version decided to do showed the power of that song as a from a different angle. Mm. It's brilliant. And so anyway, just to get to kinda what we're we're talking about. Well nine out okay, so I'm gonna do something here, put you on the spot. What was number 10? Okay. What was the one that... So, like, when I first started this podcast, I had to be very strict with our rector about how many he could do. Otherwise, we would go on forever. And I've started to, you know, get more and more, you know, sort of uh, permissive. So, Mm -hmm. what's... what Just... Put it out there, we won't talk about it for long. Yeah, what I'll be I'll
1: try and be as brief as I can. But it was the most controversial one, I think. So it's Late Registration by Kanye West. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so he has there like it's like everyone has different opinions. It, he's gone through so many different oh, stages. My yeah, he's been all over he's the place. He's very there's lots of things that are very problematic about him. He's <laughs> yes. dealing with mental illness things yeah. uh, currently, yeah. and so there's a lot of yeah. a lot of connotations. Very good.
0: Very, very complicated character.
1: Yes, yes. But late registration, again, I was in late high school and um, uh, bought the edited version. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, uh, um, you know, I think it was just sort of, very different um, version of what hip-hop could be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was, he was sort of, like, he, there's this idea of, like, pink polo hip-hop where he was wearing pink polo shirts um, mm-hmm. in a time when there were very different ideas of, you know, what you should be talking about as a hip-hop artist or mm-hmm. you needed a certain credibility or, you know, thinking about, uh, yeah, violence or other types of things. Yeah. So anyways, it was just a very different version, and he's just really singing – about real life and it's very it's an extremely human album it's Mm -hmm. it's very much about uh his family his experience um sort of like like coming up and all these sorts of things so It's just a great, great album. Mm -hmm. Um, It's fun and funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Gold Digger is a classic, like um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like wedding dance song Mm -hmm. or you know (laughs) things like that. So it's got a lot of hits, but a lot of really soft and tender moments. There's this song called Roses about his grandmother being in the hospital and just sort of this Mm -hmm. contemplation about that. So that was um, that was the one that that was the
0: one that made the that didn't make the cut. Exactly. So just so everybody's clear, this is still called the Ninth Avenue (laughs) Nine. It's not called the (laughs) Ninth Avenue Ten. But if if the host me wants to take liberties i can do so i'll just reserve that right yep. all right well we have reached the end of it i'm gonna do a quick read through of the books that are in now you get a bible book of common prayer in the in the basement here is uh, the list um so this will take a couple minutes if you want to fast forward a couple minutes that's fine with me if, for those of you listening heaven tree trilogy jane eyre Lord of the Rings Chronicles of Narnia The Harry Potter Series The Letters of Flannery O'Connor Screwtape Letters Valley of Vision Complete Book of Swords The Cimmerillion City of Joy The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane Wrinkle in Time Lyndon Johns- the, the Years of Lyndon Johnson Democracy in America Auden W.H. Auden Collection of Poems Works of Shakespeare Le Miserables Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and The Grammar of Ornament. So quite a collection mm-hmm. of books we have in our in our basement. What would the book be that you would add to it? Yeah, so I thought
1: um, so I'm a big science fiction and fantasy person. Yeah. There's a lot of fantasy represented on this list that I sure I would have easily said a few of those and, and added them if mm-hmm. they weren't already there. So I decided to go more science fiction. And I kind of waffled on a couple things, but I think if if you're allowing certain series to be in there, I would say the Ender's Game series is still just such a great... Um, like, that's one of my favorites, one of my early introductions to science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, Orson Scott Card... Um, uh, uh, wrote this whole series over over a course of a few years. My actual favorite is Ender's Shadow. Mm-hmm. It's um. Have you read it
0: or? I have familiar? not read. It. I, mean, I mean, I know there, there was familiar. a movie with Ender's Game like mm-hmm. ten years ago or so, but I haven't ever dipped in at all. Yeah, yeah. So essentially,
1: it's um, you know, sort of a, mm-hmm. a yeah, it's a science fiction story about um, aliens invading Earth, essentially, mm-hmm. and um, they use um, a, a group of kids to actually. Um, Uh, sort of figure out ways to fight them in the best way and everything. And um, uh, so there's a lot about um, like in Ender's shadow, it's about this younger character who's an orphan and it's Uh it's like, he has a very interesting and and like a heartfelt story there. Um, And then it's also just about sort of the, the cruelties and like um, how unnecessary war is. I Mm -hmm. think it's, it's sort of that perspective, which Mm Really resonates with me um, mm-hmm. as far as yeah. I just think um, war is just such a tragedy, almost universally. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and um, uh, so, anyways, uh, that I, I think that that series I could uh, it would take a year probably for me to read you know all five or seven books, whatever it is. And so they have long books. Yeah, they're
0: pretty you know, thick. this thick. Yeah, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. that's what I would do. I'd re- no, it's re- new, read. that definitely a from, new entry. Yep, yep. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I didn't ask you about your vocation. Uh, Steve is a physician. So I'm guessing that there's a lot of skills that you'd be able to bring to your own health you wouldn't need certain luxury items that other (laughs) people would need uh so what would your luxury item be because you wouldn't need you know a stethoscope or Mm -hmm. anything like because you already have it with you at all times sure sure sure. yep yep i'm (laughs) wearing my white coat right now of course yes he's got steve is in his lab (laughs) coat yeah and he he demanded he did my the reflex check on my knee as soon as we got here i didn't ask for it but he did it Yep. yep. what would your luxury
1: item be steve uh it would be my pillow that's oh, a pillow! Yep, that's yep. the
0: second time a pillow has made an appearance. I yeah. think Andine O'Neill. Uh, if I'm mistaken, yes, I've got all of them here. Mm-hmm. So I use a coupe pillow. Uh, you
1: can like stuff it to various uh, you know, <laughs> thicknesses <laughs> yes, and things course. like that. Sure. And so I just have—I have all these neck problems, and so I need a pillow that's like thick enough and you know all that sort of stuff so uh and annie annie always um laughs and gives me a hard time i just love to be like cozy and comfy sure (laughs) so i just gotta have the right pillow i gotta have the right
0: pillow yeah well yeah that's i'm looking at that's the second time a pillow has been been mentioned guitar has been mentioned a few times Mm -hmm. violin for my daughter i said uh uh, video streaming of the Major League Baseball season. So yeah, we've got some fun stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Word processor. Jesse Hamer wanted to be able to type okay. write, you know? <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> got, very good. Yeah, next time I do a show, I'll have to just read through the different luxury items people have mm-hmm. left, because that's kind of fun, too. Well, Steve, this has been super fun. I, I'm so glad that you came to the basement to do it. Um, and it'll be really, really fun to listen to the Spotify playlist and listen to some tunes that I haven't heard before. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a blast. Great. Take care. My thanks to Steve for sitting with me and to Annie for letting me know how much they enjoy the show. Let me know if you would like to talk music or arts with me. My email address is joel at org. I know a lot of you are on spring break right now. We have Easter coming up. If you'd love to find time to chat with me, please let me know. But for now, thanks for listening, and the peace of the Lord be with you.